0: Welcome back to another episode of Trueness of the Words. I'm your host, Eleanor Fleming, and our awesome guest today, we have with us Minister Laverne. She is a psychologist, and we also have joining her and I today, Elder Latanya Glass, which is a nurse. We're going to be speaking with them today, and we're going to be. And actually, I'm going to wait till I bring them on because I'll allow them to give you a real detail of what we're going to be discussing, and how that looks in our life around the holiday seasons. So, again, welcome back, and without further anticipation, I'm going to bring on Laverne, and I'm going to bring on Latanya. Hello, Laverne, hello, LaTanya, how are you today?
1: Wonderful, Eleanor, it's good to see you. Hello, hello, Eleanor.
0: Hi, I want to first thank you all for joining me today and the ladies. So if you can, Laverne, if you could tell me a little bit, first and foremost, or tell the ladies, what are we going to be discussing today in this casual conversation?
1: We are in the holiday season. And today we are going to be discussing hope for the holidays. But really, it's all about grief. How hard it is for those who have lost loved ones to walk through this season, especially for the first time when their loved one is not with them. And so we're going to give uh, some very practical um Uh, conversation to you to help you in this season of grief and loss because we all experience grief and loss in our lives and when it hits around the holidays it is so devastating because Mm -hmm. we're looking for celebration we're not looking to be trying to do a funeral or um, go to the hospital and see our loved ones that might not make it so we're going to give you some practical tools and so as my field is therapy, I'm a psychologist, so I'm going to help you with your emotions and also um, to give you some insight and wisdom, what the words say regarding mm-hmm. losing our loved ones. Love, that, love,
0: that. So Tanya, can you tell us a little bit from your side?
2: <clears throat> Thank you so much, Eleanor for having me. Um, this is a wonderful opportunity. I definitely want to talk about loss and there are other avenues of loss that sometimes get lost in the shuffle. And so one of a uh, couple of the ways that I would like to identify um, about love loss is loss of a relationship, loss of your health, um, loss of a job, loss of a vehicle. Um, loss of, of your mobility. There's so many, many ways in which we lose things and we go through grief. We grieve those things. There's many steps of grief um, that, that we can definitely talk about. And sometimes we are not able to identify that we're actually grieving when we lose a relationship, when we lose uh, a part of our heart. Um, and that's something that I wish to talk about or share with you guys, how to identify what we're going through physically, because Mm. there's some physical ramifications when we are going through grief. And sometimes we, we just look at a body ache as a body ache that actually we're grieving.
0: Hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for that. Now, Because we deal with, we do this in a casual setting. So it's a casual conversation. We don't get caught up. So I try to be as normal and natural with the women as possible. And one of the things is like right now, so ladies, we have a little feedback. And so we're going to be real, we're going to be conscious to make sure we don't give you all any feedback as the ladies speak to us. And the other thing, Laverne, Laverne likes flowers, ladies. So in a moment, you're going to see, I'm going to switch our view around shortly. So we're going to put Laverne where the flowers are shortly, okay? So I just want all the ladies to know we're going to do that in a little bit. <laughs> so, but Laverne, so let's go ahead. I actually was able to speak with um, a few people. I try to do that every time. Anytime we're going to have a podcast or an episode on the podcast, I try to communicate with people about what their struggles are and there are i have that conversation with those that are speaking about at this time where they've lost their children and they are struggling and what does that look like in the long run and specifically how long does it take or is there a time frame on when a person should stop grieving or stop mourning which are two different things so can you speak to that as far as years go or time
1: well first of all you can never put a timetable on anyone in terms of the length of time that they're they are grieving because we all grieve differently we are all individuals and The deeper the relationship of the person that we lost, the deeper the grief. And so the hardest relationships, Eleanor, would be to lose a child because the child comes from our body.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: so that's a deep, deep loss. Also, if we lose our parents, Mm -hmm. that's a deep loss because we come from their bodies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and another deep loss would be a spouse because the Lord says that they are one. Mm-hmm. So that's one body. So we can never, I, I, I never minimize anyone's loss and I would never tell them how long for them to grieve. You know, Tanya's going to talk about the body, but, you know, their body physically will tell them when the time is getting shorter from a mental aspect and also as a therapist your emotions will tell you when the grief will lighten up so there's a lot of dynamics in that that is happening because the loss is in our soul the loss is in our mind that memory so you know it is Normal, you know, the normal thing is we're supposed to outlive our children.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, we
1: don't never want to look down in a box to see our child. And so it's 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 unnatural mentally, it's unnatural physically, and it's unnatural uh emotionally.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: the time, the time is when they feel that it is the time, but also there comes a time when the time frame gets too long, they need to seek out a Christian counselor to help them to navigate with their emotions and their feelings. You know, I always say you need Jesus and you need a good therapist. Mm -hmm. Jesus, you pray, that's power, a good therapist, that's a good strategy. You know, we need both sometimes. So Time, that's a tricky thing. It's a very tricky thing, but you never tell anyone how long it is to grieve. But there is some points that if the grief looks like depression mm-hmm. and they're in it and it's clinical, it's time to go in and see a therapist. Wow.
0: Um, so, um, speaking from, here's that feedback, ladies. I don't know where it's coming from, but Latonya, if... When Laverne just spoke a little bit about or a lot, but she spoke about that um clinical piece of it and hearing some of the things that she's speaking about when there become there's like a when you can recognize possibly there's time. What are some of the physical things that can happen in our body that causes us to be able to be alert and to be mindful <clears throat> of what's happening?
2: Okay, so um one of the things Uh, When you're talking about, Laverne talked about depression. So with depression, depression can be identified as sadness lasting longer than a couple of weeks. And so not only is there sadness, there is you don't want to do anything. You don't want to go anywhere. Um, You can be angry, um, frustrated, um, to be, uh, you know, have body aches, you know, back aches. Um, headaches, can't get rid of them, migraines, um, your legs are hurting, you know, you know, shooting pains in your body. Um, those are just a few. Stomach aches. Stomach ache is another one that's, you know, you go to the doctor and they tell you everything is normal. You take every test under the sun and they tell you that everything is normal. And so when you have those type of, of problems, sometimes people have diarrhea. Some people have constipation. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, nervousness, you know, they can't get, you know, they have the shakes. They they are nervous um, An unusual amount of lashing out at people um, for mild things. You know, those are the types of things that you can identify in your body um, that can immediately become or here's some other things you overeat. You don't eat. Um you are unable to sleep or you sleep all the time there's so many variables that we go through whenever we are having problems grieving properly because you know there's steps to grieving and whenever you have a loss you know you have a loss of a relationship um you you uh, become a man hater or a woman hater whichever uh, the case may be um if you have a, a loss of your um, independence, you know, you become dependent upon someone else to care for you. Um, you may become uh, saddened often, um, or you're lashing out at the people that are caring for you. But the real problem is you are really frustrated and angry sometimes at God or the situation because you don't know what to do, or handle, or how to navigate your emotions um or your feelings and your your mental psyche that that says i have to come to an acceptance and sometimes when you don't come to that acceptance that's when you start having these body aches and and headaches and um, unable to sleep insomnia um you know nothing works you you can take all of the the um uh uh medication that helps you to sleep and it won't and it won't work because your body is grieving and you haven't acknowledged it
0: wow so let me say let me ask a question to both of you because both of you could probably tag team this for me excuse me when you spoke about the sadness or the lashing out so when a person is going through because we're talking about grief is loss of loved ones. Grief could be the loss of a job. Grief could be, um, there are many forms of grief Mm -hmm. that many forms that brings grief into place. So loss that causes the grief. Maybe I should say it that way. I apologize. Mm -hmm. So lashing out, being upset, not knowing how to articulate what one is feeling all that can be accumulated into grief when a person doesn't know how to express themselves in that situation. So they're lashing out. Am I understanding that uh, correctly? Cause I might want to look at myself.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I, go ahead, Tanya. I'll let you finish that and I'll pick up.
2: Okay. Absolutely. Um, sometimes, you know, when you know that, A person is going to die when you know that your relationship is ending, when you know that you're getting ready to lose your job or you've lost your job. Um, You have to identify like what happened, what caused you to come to that place when you, you know, be able to identify when did I start lashing out at everybody? When did I and when you are able to say to yourself, like everybody's, you know, everybody's complaining about my behavior. I'm the problem. And so once you identify that, you say to yourself or you have someone who loves you dearly say to you, you may need to go see a therapist because um, there's some things that are out of control and you might need to discuss it. Um, Of course, you want to talk to God about it. You want to say, God, help me. I'm having this problem. And when you have utilized a lot of those areas of what the scripture tells us, you know, the scripture tells us to cast our cares upon the Lord because he cares for us. And so we we go through the regimen of what we say we're casting, um, but we pick it back up. You know, as soon as the emotion come back up, we don't um, leave it in God's care. We pick it back up and um, a bill come or um, someone calls or the baby daddy issues or Um, You have all this pain. So you pick all of that back up and, you know, you don't trust God with that. And sometimes it's so much at one time that you need somebody to help you get focused back on your relationship with God. Because a lot of times with some of our loss, our relationship with God is broken. It's broken. And so we need to um, fix our relationship with God and get our our. Emotions, our physical body, um, we need to get all of that back in a line. Wow.
0: Now,
1: that's, go ahead. What you were That's, saying that's, that's, that's that. a lot. That's a mouthful. And I know, yeah. Eleanor, you're saying, wow, that's a lot. And I know the ladies who are looking and viewing <laughs> this is thinking the same thing. And ag- again, I just want to express kind of a little bit what Tanya is saying. Our emotions tells us what's going on inside of us. And so we have to pay attention. You know, they are our navigators. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, you know, we we can be angry, depressed, uh, afraid, hurt, sad. Mm -hmm. But we don't understand and we cannot put it all together as to what is the reason for this. And so Tanya is exactly right. You need somebody who is close to you, a good friend. That's why two are better than one or being in community because they know you pre-death or pre-loss. And okay. they can say to you, girl, you've been lashing out, angry. Uh, why are you irritated all the time? You seem confused. I'm not sure what's going on with you. And so then that person will like stop and think about it and realize, you know what? I am not acting like myself. What is the reason? And so the last thing sometimes they will think about, it's a loss if that loss is way in the past, but it can be triggered, especially around the holidays, because everybody is celebrating, but my boo or my bae is not with me. And, and, and so they start thinking about that. And it's almost like the light bulb will come on. So our bodies physically, our mind, mentally, our emotions are indicators of what is going on in our soul. And so it is very important to seek help because if we don't, we will continue in this in this space, and it can it can get worse and worse and worse. And so again, a good friend or uh, a family member who know you, uh, a therapist, a pastor, clergy, someone that can help. We can't walk this walk by by ourselves alone uh, when we lose and whatever we lose. You know, I lost my hair. That was a loss, but. Um, what I did, I knew that I was losing my hair for a long time. And, and think about it, women, you know, our hair, a lot, for a lot of women is, is our identity.
2: Yeah. But
1: I talked my way to accepting the loss of my hair before I lost all of it. And so when I went to see my um, uh, stylist, I told her, cut the rest of it off because I need to be freed from that struggle. Mm -hmm. And and so she, 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 she was surprised that I said that I said, girl, you're going to cut this off. And, and when that happened, I was totally free. I'm more comfortable in my skin than anything right now.
2: That's good. That is so good. good. That that's good because you know, the, that just speaks to just that area right there. That speaks to so many losses that we have as women. Um, one of it is our hair. The other part is our sexuality. We wanna, we wanna be cute. We wanna, we think that we're supposed to look like Barbie. You know, um we think we are never supposed to go through menopause, you know, like everybody knows I'm older because I'm constantly fanning. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. we don't want to accept that and it's a loss for us. And so when we begin to grieve those things and emotionally our bodies are changing, um and mentally we um we we haven't come to the to the acceptance of it because people have a tendency to to identify it before we accept it. and then then we're lashing out where we're we're, um, we're uh, what's what's the word I want to look for? We we're yes, we're lashing out but we are defensive. we are defensive like don't say that I'm not uh 40 yet or I'm not 50. i you know I ain't lost my groove and you know those types of things. but there is a sense of loss. Especially if we don't have someone in our in our lives to say, baby, uh, you growing graceful with time, you know, you looking good, you know. And so if you don't have that, that's a loss for us. And um, and so we have to acknowledge those types of things. And and it, and we're speaking of um, going through the change um we need to educate ourselves of going through the change so that we know what's going on in our body and we're not just lashing out you know at the hubby or lashing out at the kids and kicking the dog because our emotions is a little crazy we might need some estrogen we might need to go to the doctor so they can tell us how to manage this you know what I'm saying stop drinking coffee stop eating chocolate. um, You know what I'm saying? Overeating. There's some things, some practical things that we can do physically to stop and curtail some of those things. But if we don't know, we just don't know. We're just out there and we're just going through the motions. And that's how we handle sometimes, especially African-American women. We just handle stuff. Mm, You know, we just deal with it.
0: Now, that's, that's really good. And I want to come back because I want to make sure that what we do, because this, that what's being given is so good. These aren't just nuggets. Like sometimes you get nuggets that are really good. It's like we got a whole turkey here. Like this is <laughs> real good. Seriously, not joking. So, but even with my smiling and laughter, I want to make sure the women understand nothing about this. Um, is funny. None of it. Um, it is a sensitive time. My hope and my prayer, because I prayed before this. You know, my hope and my prayer is that you will be able to see and identify that each woman on this screen, including myself, is a woman that has dealt with loss, has uh, dealt with some sort of loss, and they all may not be the same. They may not be the same, but we've all dealt with some loss, death. Laverne has a loss of a, um, her husband. Um, Latanya has a loss of her mother. Myself, I had the loss of a father and and then you have the other losses that come along jobs and things and then when you have this time of season that comes along so our purpose is to bring you some type of hope that is our purpose and in doing that the laughter that can come with these things because not to, also not to minimize and understanding that we also have a choice to live we have a choice to live through through the pain. Because everyone that's watching this is not necessarily gonna be a believer. So we'll we'll address both in a way if we can. But as a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple, though being our purpose is saying, okay, Lord how can I do this well and to the best of my ability that honors you? Because his word does say that he doesn't put more on us than we can bear. So again, here we go. We're like, okay, you could have told me because this is a lot to bear. This is a lot to bear. And so when we, I said all that to bring us back here, what do we do? Because it was um, both of you kind of alluded to this, but Laverne, you really got to that point about, um, being there for friends or family when there's a loss, but what do we do when they are withdrawn? Even when you're there, you see them constantly withdrawing. With uh, they're they're going into a withdrawn place that's almost scary, and we can say pray because yes, we are supposed to, we we are responsible for doing that. But what can we do when they themselves don't identify there's a problem, even when you're bringing it to them and they're withdrawn and further into depression?
1: That's a great question, Eleanor. Um, before I answer that question or attack that question, I want to, because you, you said it in the beginning, I want to let the ladies know there is a difference between grief and mourning. Yes, it is. Yes. Okay, yes. And, and, and you brought it up. And so grief is like a deep sorrow in our soul. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's emotional suffering yes. uh, that a lot of times people, they see it, but they have no idea how deep that sorrow goes in that individual's soul because a loved one has been taken away. Now, mourning is the outward showing of grief. Mourning is when you see that person grieving outwardly, like in public. You you know, a a friend of mine just started crying in the hotel, just broke down and started crying. Well, I understood it because I knew that she had lost her husband a a few months ago. So that's the difference between the two. And I just wanted to get that, yes. get that out. But thank you. As, you. As, thank as, you. Yeah, as, as believers, and and this is, I, I see this a lot um, in Christian. We don't have a healthy outlook. A lot of Christians on death. Because the Bible say we do not supposed to grieve like the world. And Mm -hmm. I've seen people in the world try to take their loved ones out the casket seriously. Because their relationship while they were living, maybe some things were not said or done. And and so they're, they're grieving deeply. But the Bible say as believers, we don't grieve like that. And the reason is because we have hope. We have the promises of God that he has mm-hmm. given us beyond the grave. The the, the grave basically really is the doorway to heaven. Now, I'm not saying don't grieve. I'm saying don't grieve like the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the promises of God. We have the hope of God. We know that Hopefully our loved ones, if they were believers, they are in heaven and that we will reunite. you know, we will be with them. And and, and so that's that's the difference between the two in that sense. We yes. have hope. You know, the Bible say uh, uh faith, hope, and love in First Corinthians 13, 13. Uh, but and I kind of forgot what you had asked me though beforehand. Repeat I, your question.
0: Yes. <laughs> so what do we do? Um, I'll, I'll just summarize it real quick. What do we do when we're trying to be a support to oh, okay. loved ones or friend and they are withdrawn or falling further and further into depression? What can we do to help them?
1: You know, that, that, that question. We love them. We love them unconditionally. But love looks like practical things. We don't. We don't have to tell them anything. We just want to love them with the ministry of presence, being there, doing things for them. If we have to go over there and clean up their house, wash their dishes, be practical, do their grocery shopping, you know, we just want to love on that person because that person is incapable sometimes of of, of talking. But the 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 ministry of loving someone. That's a universal language. I don't care if you speak Spanish in tongues or whatever. If you love that person, that person will know that, they will sense that, they will feel that. And that's what we need to do because, and this is something that we we haven't talked about, there are live losses. Now, there are relationships that are broken, but they are not in communication with one another. And, and that's a that's an ache that goes deep. And so for those who are in broken relationships, whether it's a mother and a daughter, what we should do, we should love on them. Because I really believe that a life loss is harder than someone who dies. Because at least you can get to a point to reconcile that loved one that has made their transition. You, you finally get to that point point where you can say their name have Mm -hmm. memories that are good and you have reconciled the loss but that live loss is still there and it's Mm -hmm. hard to reconcile something or somebody i should say Mm -hmm. that's still in your life but not in your life
0: yes that's a real thing Latanya, did you want to say something before i jump in with what laverne just said i want to give you the room to speak
2: um I I definitely can speak to having a live loss, uh, speaking from divorce. I um, am a divorcee. And um, Laverne, you hit the nail on the head loving, you know, because when you go through a divorce, you go through so many different emotions and feelings like, you, you lose your womanhood you you lose your self-confidence you lose your self-worth because sometimes you know you pour your everything into this person and then you feel this rejection and then um you say to yourself why did what did I do to deserve not to be loved the way that I poured out my love because that's how I felt I poured out everything I get I did it according to the word of God I grew into that and then all of a sudden you say you don't want me you don't love mm. me anymore so that live loss was real it was excruciating pain but the reality was I needed um, I, I had, I, I'm a believer. I was a believer when this happened. So I said to God, I said, God, I want to be like Job and all this Tanya seeing not. And so I didn't want to, um, you know, uh, wow out as they call it, you know, going, finding my, uh, sawing my royal oats or anything like that. And, but I wanted, I said to God, I want to honor you in one or one of two ways. One, either you prove yourself strong and bring us back together for your glory, or I will be the example of you healing my broken heart. Hmm. And It took me time to get to the point where I could love Um, And that's what I asked God for. I said, God, I don't want him to suffer tremendously. I don't, you know, whatever he's doing, protect him, cover him. And during a lot of times where he was with other people and everything, I um, asked God to forgive him. And I was like, Jesus, Father, forgive him for he know not what he do. He don't know that he crushed me. He don't know the damage that is being done and what I'm left with. And uh, as Laverne said, that live loss, I had to see him prospering while I struggled as a single mama, you know, and I had to say to God, um, help me to love him despite what I feel. And Mm. then God healed my broken heart because I, I felt hopeless financially because that's one of the areas of loss. I felt hopeless because it was two incomes that was one. And so I'm trying to figure out how to navigate life. I got this little baby. I got these other two older kids. And what do I do? Who's going to be my babysitter? Who's, these are real dynamics that, that live loss that I dealt with on a regular basis. And so I remember, I um, I was crying out to God, and it was like this ever um, ache of not enough, never enough. Lord, help me! And what it was eventually identified as hopelessness. I felt oh. hopeless, like who's gonna deliver me out of this? Hmm. Not only that, um, I remember just not having enough. My kids wanting to do what the other kids did. And I, it just wasn't, I had more bills than I had money. And so I didn't have enough. And so I remember clearly in my bathroom and I was just disgusted. I had just hung up from the phone talking to him. And the Lord said to me, I am your Jehovah Jireh. Baby, when I tell you that was enough, that was enough. I did not have to depend on him anymore. That anguish and that argumentative spirit, and every time I talked to him, it was a major confrontation and all of that. Like I was just going through it angry all the time. Every time the kids ask me for something, ah, like I'm doing the best I can. I okay, you want to go to the dollar the dollar show? I ain't got a dollar. Ask your daddy, you know, just <laughs> frustrated. You know what I'm saying. But when God told me that He was my Jehovah Jireh, when I tell you He began to take care of me better than I could have took care of myself, better than what I was asking from Him, He became my source. And wow. so, in the time when you are going through all of these emotions that you can't control, until you come to an awareness to say, "God, I surrender. I surrender." And when the moment that I surrendered, he came in and told me who he was. Yes. And so in that moment, that my loss was null and void because God had healed me. He had showed me who he was, and he had began. I allowed him to be Jehovah Jireh for me.
0: Oh my goodness! I love that. Now I love. Now I'm telling you, I love that testimony right there. Okay, so let me say this <laughs> to you. I need to say three things actually to the ladies. So first mm-hmm. I want, well, let me first thank you both seriously for your authenticity and your vulnerability. I, I can't say enough about that. So often we will communicate with people or we we may do an episode and then, but are we, are we giving practical, real things from our own lives that puts our vulnerability out there and us being authentic? And when I see that, I love that. And so the other thing is, I want to say, you're talking about the um, live loss and Vern knows fully that. And Latanya, you know a little bit about it. But I started this podcast because, first of all, praying unto the Lord about how do I address or get situations to handle or resolutions for the relationship between the broken relationship between myself and my adult daughter. And I couldn't find anything And when it just kept coming to me in my spirit that I was going to do this, I said, not me, this, not it, because I don't do social media. So but it um, long story short, here we are. Right. So it started from that. And I'm still in the midst of that broken relationship yet trusting God. So when you said when you were talking about it, you're in it and you still have to trust God because that brings about that. It, it hurts. It, yeah. it's, it's at times like this holidays and things like that. You have that sense of loss because you can't do anything in and of yourself to fix it. Mm-hmm. Now, the other part to that is so trueness of the words was birthed 10 years ago, mm-hmm. not knowing God was going to bring it full circle because my daughter and me and we've been in this that long mm-hmm. and emotion, the emotional healing. So, ladies. So Laverne and I did a, a episode which was amazing. That's all I want to say, okay? So if you didn't watch it, you want to watch it. My mother loved that episode. I just want to just put that out there, okay? She's like she can watch that on rewind, <laughs> okay? Okay. Like constantly watching it. So, but what, ladies, what you all may not know is that Latanya. Is also a part of. Laverne did the work. She did. She was in that thing with me when I went through emotional healing. But Latanya was one of the. Uh, she was one of the ones that came in, and she was critical. Um, we talked about that day that I broke free. So Latanya was a part of that, and so I just want to make sure I give that introduction to know I have the both of them here. So just to put, <laughs> so they both know exactly. Uh, what it is that they're speaking about, one from the mental, one from the internal, like physically, what does it do to us physically? So I just wanted to say that really quick um, so that the women would know who we have before us um, that has really done some work. And then being honest, we hear the honesty. So even in them, we we can sometimes So think about this or tell me this. We have it where we don't want to do something. And I just gave the, the example of how I felt like there was no one that could assist me where it was concerning my adult daughter. When the Lord started pressing upon me, I thought it was a joke. This is not real. Everybody talks about what God tells them. But the Lord was like, oh, I'm telling you what to do here. But how do you, or how can we, if you all can tell individually, how can we tell women and men Okay, how to really navigate the loss and be able, even though each person is different, and be able to get on the other side of it. I, I hope I'm saying it like it's in my head. So they are struggling really bad. They feel like they can't get out of it. But there is hope on the other side. How can we give them a pathway of how to do that? I know we've talked about counseling. I know we've talked about the things to look for, but someone is still saying, I don't know how to get on the other side and I want to.
1: Yeah. Okay. With the, with the hard question, but there, there's, there is, there's no quick way. Let me, let me just say that there, there is a process because even when we think about, um, even going to out of town, we have to do things to prep ourselves. We got to take care of some things. We got to get our money. So there's a process. So even when we navigate through grief, think of it as we have to manage through grief. The first thing that happens is we acknowledge the loss. We have to acknowledge that because sometimes people will say in their mind, he's coming back. She's coming back through that door. So we have to be real. We have to be real because depression can take you to that to that place. So we have to acknowledge the loss that it happened. That's like the first step. And then what happens after that is all this pain. We are experiencing all this pain, Eleanor. And so, again, we are managing that. We got to be honest about the pain. Uh, We have to uh, say, I'm hurting. I have to also say, you know, be able to forgive myself if if something happened. And I can't. I have to be honest and forgive myself and also forgive God, forgive the hospital, and forgive whoever I thought was a part of this loss but there they was not and and so again we managing so i have to readjust my life to this loss because that person is not here anymore and so maybe i have to take these clothes out of the closet you know they're not here and so i I need to reconcile this loss in my mind and i remember when i lost my husband he Walked out the door and never came back. And he was my security. Mm -hmm. So what I did, I got a new fence. I got new doors. I got new screen doors. I got an alarm because I had to feel secure. So I am readjusting to this loss. I had to get rid of his clothes. Mm -hmm. I had to change the bedroom around because the person is not here. I can't live as if they are I have to live as if they're not and move on so I'm managing my grief I am moving through my grief and so I have to reconcile the loss so there are stages that we go through um, uh, in, in our loss and the thing is we have to move sometimes we might fall back to that previous place you know and that's normal Because of emotions, but then we have to get back up and keep moving and managing our grief. That's why the Bible say, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm walking through the valley. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm walking through the valley of shadow of death. And that shadow is only a shadow if it's in the the gray area. I have to walk to the light. I got to get to the Lord. I got to get to the... To someone who can help me. But grief is a is a management. I just thought about over the holidays, as I know we're supposed to be talking about the holidays. Yes, I yes. lost my mm-hmm. um sister-in-law, who is my friend last Thanksgiving. She died on Thanksgiving. It was devastating for me and my family. And so this is the first Thanksgiving that just passed that I lost my sister-in-law. She has children, adult sons. And so I reached out to her adult son, her oldest child, and because I knew he was struggling. And I said, hey, I said, nephew, I said, won't you um, go to the game? That's something that me and your cousin do every Thanksgiving. We have to build new traditions. And he said, Auntie, I would love to do that because I've never been to the game. So we went to the to the uh, Lions gang together. And so he, we went early, we sat down, we had a, uh, a, we was eating and laughing and joking. And he started sharing with me about his mom. I didn't even ask him. And, and And he told me things. And then I showed him pictures of her and I, you know, in my phone. And so you have to build new traditions, new memories Especially when you're going through the holidays. Mm -hmm. And so, this is something that we're going to do every Thanksgiving together. And and really, for him, it was a distraction. You know, when you build new traditions, you know, it's like a distraction. You're not thinking about that person. Eventually, it, you know, that person will come to your mind, but you're building something new. So, Mm -hmm. you are managing your grief by building new traditions and doing different things. Some people go out of town, being in a different place helps because you're not in that same environment. So there's a lot of things that that we can do and come up with that are new, that helps us manage. Because again, we're changing the environment. We're changing the way we do things. We're not doing the same thing like we did with the loved one that we have lost, and that's important because we have to go on. We we can't stay in that same place. That's
0: That's really good. You know, and something, when you were talking about the building the new traditions, knowing that it's okay to do it because that's guilt that people have. They don't want to do it because they feel guilty about moving on and that person not being there now that's real that's Mm -hmm. a real thing and it's that is something I wish there was an answer for like how do you do that because people really feel guilty about moving on and I can't do this with this person but what you did that I love and I hope it didn't get missed just in case it did I'm going to repeat it for everyone You went and you didn't just give him a task to do for him to get busy. You did it with him to help him get through it. So that means as well for us, we need to also understand there are times where we may not want to do something. It may be inconvenient for us, but sometimes we have to do the things to help. That's why where it goes, two is better than one. So we have to be the helping hand at times. It doesn't mean that it'll happen every time, depending on people's situations, but we have to think outside of ourselves because at some point in life, we all will come up against something that we need somebody to walk that road with us. Even if we can't do what they are going through, whatever, they have to live that pain. We can't literally live it for them, but we can be there to be a support to them. So I think that was really, really great um, um, practical. And it's not just advice. You all aren't just giving advice. You're really giving life principles and how we can do things and navigate. Uh, Latanya, did you have anything? I apologize, Laverne,
2: go ahead. Mm -hmm. Laverne. Pause. Mm Pause. Okay. So you,
0: um, would you like to elaborate on that? Um, do, well, really do either one of you have anything you want to say further to me um, uh, stating that I just want to make sure I don't miss anything. Did you have anything you wanted to say about that Latanya?
2: Sure. Um, <laughs> I, I really want to piggyback off of what Laverne is saying. You know, there are really good things to, uh, when you develop a new normal, a mm-hmm. new uh, tradition. I think that that's important, but also um, it's important to talk about to maintain some of the old traditions um, to memory in, in memory of that person. Because one of the reasons why people feel guilty is because they be they do literally begin to forget about the person, and that's mm-hmm. scary for them. So that causes the guilt, mm-hmm. and so it's good to maintain some normalcy mm-hmm. of of uh, maintaining the the traditions that are already in place. Um, and that's important. And if someone wants to forget about it, it's good to have a conversation with the family, especially if it's family oriented. Um, mm-hmm. For example, um, this year, uh, my family kind of went in different places. you know, they went on vacations and everything. and immediately I began to grieve because Thanksgiving was my mom's holiday. It's like I don't care what else you do in the rest with the rest of your day, but you better get to dinner at five o'clock. Um, on, that you can spend time with your boyfriend, your boo, your husband, you can go to the movies, but when it's dinner time, we all going to stand, we going to hold hands. We're going to be thankful. We're going to tell God what we thankful for. And that tradition was important to her. And mm-hmm. that was something that, that is a good tradition to maintain so that we can come together, love on each other, um, and tell God wh- why we're thankful because the whole reason is not for us to just go and eat good food and come together, is also to tell God, thank you, you know, um, and show the the younger generation that's coming up, this is what we do. We tell God that we are thankful on a regular basis and here's an opportunity so you can see what that looks like. So that's really, really important. And I did wanna touch on when um, when I actually lost my mom, um, one of the things that was important um, to me, I went through a number of emotional situations. Like I went from, um, from I was built up spiritually um, right before it happened. God loved me so much that he prepared my heart hours before that. So he built me up spiritually. So I thank him for that. Um, so afterwards, um, I literally... Um, was able to eat good and everything, which is the abnormal to what I, how I deal with trauma and loss and different things like that. I was able to eat. So that was very important to me. Um, and then I had the moment of nothing. I had a bunch of time and space of nothing. Um, mm-hmm. I And it was just time and space and I couldn't talk. I couldn't think there was, it was like, I was blanked out. Did I go to work? Absolutely. Did I go to church? Absolutely. But I still felt this emptiness and this, um, you know, people were encouraging me. They were calling me and all of that was good. But I remember that live loss that I had. And the only thing that helped me was God. I went to went through therapy because I had to get from the loss through the hopelessness to healing. And so I had to go through the counseling and it was biblical counseling. Um I had a counselor that could, was connected to God and they got to to the root of some issues. I prayed to God. I asked God help me. And every time we came together something Something else um, was broken up. Something else was addressed and another healing took place. And I was crying out to God. I was able to listen to my counselor, trust God through my counselor. And I had breakthroughs every single time. Mm. Um, So I remember God coming in, in the midst of that, um, because I'm a, I'm a biblical counselor. So I'm saying, who's going to counsel the, the counselor you know um and you feel like you're supposed to be strong and you got all the answers well i did but i wasn't able to counsel myself you know but because i had so many dynamics going on at the same time and so sometimes that's what happens during loss you you get lost <laughs> mm. if that makes sense yes it and does during during the time when my mom um i wasn't able to do anything i was functional you know, functional. However, I told God, I said, I feel a whole bunch of nothing. I feel like I'm existing and I could do this for hours. I wasn't able to think. However, I said to God, eventually, I I appreciate all of the words that everybody is saying, but I remember how you comforted me when I was going through my divorce and I don't want anybody but you. And I will tell you, and worship is a wonderful way that I um, connect with God. So what did he do? He allowed me to listen to some songs on Pandora that spoke directly to that emotion and to those words, because there's a song, um, I think it says, um, I love this place. Um, here in this place, and that's where he met me. And then it was another song where I said, I'm just gonna wait right here. I've been here a long time for a couple days, but I'm just gonna wait right here. Why was it another song that said, I'm gonna wait right here?' You know what I'm saying? Like God just allowed those songs to keep bubbling and keep bubbling and keep bubbling. And not only that, I had people that were connected to me that were interceding for me. They would call me and they were intercede for me. It's good to be connected to people who know how to pray, who hear God when he say call them. Here's the holiday. The holiday is a terrible time for somebody that has lost someone who they are connected to. And so they called me on a holiday, prayed heaven down in my room, broke the grief that I was experiencing and then called me over and said, come on over, come on over. I know you don't know nobody, just come on over. I came over, they gave me some money, gave me a beautiful card. I was connected with all of these people. Exactly what God knew Mm -hmm. I needed. You know what I'm saying. So yes. you put your place, put yourself in a place where God can minister. Because yes, He uses people, and He did, but there's nothing like Him comforting you. you yes. Know? And so that that's what happened with me with my mom. You know, I was surrounded by people that loved me.
0: Oh, thank you so much for that. Thank you. Now, in our last few minutes. I'm actually gonna leave the floor to you, Laverne. And here's why. I'm gonna leave the floor to you, Laverne, because on the clinical side of it, we are in a we are in a society now where everything is trauma, trauma, counsel, counsel, healing, healing, and all of that is accurate. Like it, it's a real thing. So I'm mm-hmm. not making light of it. I'm saying, but that's we're in that culture where that it's talked about constantly. And I know the importance of getting the right counselor so the healing can take place. Mm-hmm. And so if I can leave with you to take us out fully, however long you feel that's needed, what is it? First of you, could, you might want to write this down. What is it that we may have missed? So what we may have missed that you want to bring full circle. The other is Will you speak to finding the right person for believers and non-believers? How that looks. And bring that fully for us so that when the women walk away, they will have gotten all oh, this. This is really good. I mean, I'm, I've been trying to sustain, contain myself from talking too much so we can get as much from you all. So if you could break this down for you walk away from here, you want the women to know what's about their mental stability because what we haven't talked about is suicide. That comes up when people feel completely hopeless in seasons like this. So I I know I just left a lot on your plate, but I think you are up to it.
1: Yeah, you know, um, Eleanor, that suicide, that is hard in the sense of it, it doesn't speak. It's, it's very silent. And so a lot of times we as individuals, and it could be our loved ones or a friend or a neighbor, we don't see it because it's silent and it, it hides. There is not loud indicators because the person who is contemplating suicide can mask that they are thinking that way. And so, a lot of times and the percentage is higher that that person does it than not because once an individual makes up in their mind that that's what they're going to do that's what they're going to do and it's hard to stop an individual but of course we know that god can speak to those of us around or can speak to that individual Mm
2: -hmm. and that
1: will not happen so i'm just saying suicide is is a hard one to 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 intervene and, and, and stop because we can miss the signs if there are any signs there because a person is not going to just come up and say, you know, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: but I, I can give some indicators to those who, um, because, you know, we want to talk to, to, to those who don't know the Lord also as well as those who do. And so some indicators of movement, and this is, is that we can say to ourselves in terms of our grief, you know, when the how question replaces the why question and we start to live with the reality of the loss. And so what I'm saying, you know, we always say, well, why, 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 God? Why did that happen? Why why did my loved one die? You know, it, it, and, and that is not, a question that can be answered. But we we ask that question out of guilt, we ask it out of hurt, we ask it out of pain. You know, I prayed, I prayed, because that's the same thing I I told God. I prayed for my daddy. Why did you let him go? And, and I was so angry about that. So the why question reflects a search for a meaning and sometimes that question cannot be answered.
2: So, true.
1: so the how question—that's how we know that we are moving. It reflects a search for ways to adjust to the loss. Oh, I'm. It's it's not why. it's is is how can I feel better? How can this depression leap? You know, it's it's a movement now. I'm 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 out of that white space. So, again, you know, that's what we want to see because you asked that question a while back. How do we know that we are moving? And so, that's just a practical, a very practical indicator uh, mm-hmm. up to that. And we know that 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 trauma. And I have shared this before. Trauma is not what happens to us, but it's what remains in us. Mm -hmm. You know, that that grief can stay in us. And, And again, we have to, as a believer, seek out a Christian counselor, someone with wisdom that that has that has understanding. All Christian counselors are not the same. So it's good to, to go to somebody that you trust, uh, 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 whether it's uh, your discipler or whether it's uh, a spiritual mom, whether it's a pastor, somebody or that. ask for a referral. Ask for a referral. And, and, and for an unbeliever, you know, the thing is first to identify that you need help. And there is so many places in terms of mental health to, to help you. So, you know, mental illness is real. And COVID just blew the, the roof off of it. Depression, anxiety, trauma is is real. And we need, to, we need to get help. But get help with somebody who has the credentials that can help you. That's what I would say. Or ask somebody that you know to give you a referral. And and that is very important. Uh, Another thing in terms of uh, indicators, you know, we have to weigh our yeses and our noes. You know, you shouldn't say yes to somebody continuously because you don't want to say no to them. Your yes is attached to like guilt because you said no three previous times. You, You have to know that your yes is real and that your no is real. That your no is not attached to fear, but it's attached to faith. And and so our words are very important. Um, Mm -hmm. So we want to be authentic. We wanna be transparent. We wanna be honest because there is healing in truthfulness. We cannot get healed in lies or shadows or darkness. And so we Mm -hmm. have to be honest about how we feel, where we are, and saying it to somebody. You know what? I'm depressed. I'm I'm hurting. This pain, I can't get rid of it. You know, I need somebody to help. So it's just like an alcoholic. Number one thing is, I confess that I'm an alcoholic. So when we speak truth, that is a pathway to healing. We all know this. On this, on this pod because we have all been in places where we needed help. And, and speaking truth, it's just like going to the doctor. I'm going to Tanya as a nurse. If I don't tell her my symptoms, I'm gonna get the wrong diagnosis that can hurt me. It's the same thing for our grief. If I don't really say how I feel, then how am I gonna get healed? And so I think that's that's very important. Um, and we all have been speaking truth, you know. Uh, uh, your ministry, Eleanor, came out of loss or hurt, right? Yes. 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 Lost to love. My ministry came out of loss, loss of a husband. And when I when I heard God say "lost to love" to me, I didn't know what he was talking about. But eventually, it, it came full circle. And so, I love helping those who have lost because I know how that feels, yes. and I can be empathetic. I can empathize. I, I I I I I can be compassionate because I know that weight is heavy, and I never, ever minimize anybody's loss. I don't care what the loss is. It can be a loss of a pet. It's their loss. And I think that's important that we uh, allow people to speak their truth and speak their hurt and love them unconditionally, however that looked. And Tanya was so eloquent in, in regards to how the Lord came in and just ministered to her. Because he ministers to all of us. And and ladies on the call watching, the Lord ministers to you differently also. And that's very important that we allow him to do that for us. That's really good.
0: Thank you. I just want to thank each, both of you. I want to thank you for taking the time to come and speak with us. Regarding this because loss and and I want to say this, I'm really glad that we um, even though we spoke about holidays and that's the purpose, because we're in the holiday season. I'm so glad that we ventured so far outside of that, Mm. because there are so many that are are in this fresh and they just want to know in general. How can I be helped with this? And this could be their one and only opportunity to hear something like this. So I want to thank you both for taking the time to 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 speak with us. Um, I know I have been genuinely blessed by this. That's not just a statement I'm saying. I've genuinely been blessed by this because I, um, even though, as we've spoken about, trueness of the words is out of a loss of a relationship, with my daughter that I still have hurt from but the healing what I'm so grateful for you never get over that and my prayer and hope is when God will bring it full circle to be as if though it never happened but you're still in it and again when the holidays come around women or men whoever are listening we are for women so but when the holidays come around it is um, it, it's difficult but what I love about God is that he has been able to um, over the years it's almost as if though the blow is softened yeah, more and more I remember 15 years ago almost when it all began I hurt so bad I couldn't Day to day, it was it was it was debilitating. It was crippling. But as the days went on, it was long time, then years, and then before I knew it, it was like, okay, this isn't as bad. And it's not that you forget them. It's not that they are not a part of you. But you get it becomes a little easier for you to allow God to handle it for you. Loss of my father, the loss of my grandmother. It was difficult for the first few years. And I remember when the day came where I felt like, wait, I didn't think about my dad. It was some years that went by and I didn't think about him. And it wasn't that I didn't love him. But now what I had was my good memories of the areas that I spent, that he did good for me. Um, same with my grandmother and what happens with the loss of a a live loss. I still have my memories of my daughter and I, and that is my hope that one day God will allow us to be able to flourish in those. So if someone can even just take that and know that I am a, a living, walking testimony that God can do amazing things in your hurt He can heal you even while you're in the midst of it. So I just want to thank you both again. My truth, I'm honored that God has placed this before me. And I'm looking forward to all that he alone will do by way of healing for so many women, including
2: myself.